Now we're going to get into the chapter-by-chapter -chapter analysis. Chapter 1, How Advertising Laws Are Established. This chapter sets the stage for the book as Hopkins establishes a paradigm shift from advertising being a gamble or guesswork and stating and proving that it can be and should be looked at as a science because of the ability to test and track advertisements. He mentions the use of coupons as a main source of tracking ads, what he calls keyed returns, meaning that they record every return coupon which is coded so that they can measure the success of each advertisement. Hopkins' intent for this book was to basically sell the practice of seeing marketing as a science and not art and not guesswork, proving that these methods with his own first-hand experience. Unfortunately, a century later, many companies, including funeral homes, opt for the easier yet less effective brand and image advertising, which brings no measurable results. Chapter 2, Just Salesmanship. In this chapter, he wants you to look at your advertising as an expansion of your sales team. In this paragraph, the only purpose of advertising is to make sales. It is profitable or unprofitable according to actual sales. It is not for general effect. It is not to keep your name before the people. It is not primarily to aid your other salesmen. Treat it as a salesman. Force it to justify itself. Compare it with other salesmen. Figure its cost and result. Accept no excuses which good salesmen do not make. Then you will not go far wrong. And then Hopkins ends the paragraph by stating, Therefore, every ad should be a super salesman. So, your ROI, your return on investment, should be applied to your advertising as it would a member of your sales team. This philosophy of holding all of your sales and marketing efforts accountable will be explored in a deeper level in the later chapters in the creation of your ads, justifying every element of your ad. Hopkins stresses the idea that clever slogans, cute sayings, and ads that make people try to get it are a waste of time and, more importantly, a waste of money. Ads need to be simple, not some great literary work. And then others say, be brief, but this is the wrong type of being simple. You wouldn't think of sending a live salesperson standing in front of a prospect being limited to just a few words. So the same is with your ads. They should be as long as necessary to make the sale. Tell your complete story. A few final points about this chapter. That ads should not be written to the masses. They should be written to one person because that's how the message is received. Ads are not meant to entertain. They are meant to inform and to lead the prospect to a desired action. Their sole purpose is to make the sale. Ads should be written for the buyer, not to please the seller. This is one of the biggest problems that advertisers make, and I must add that it is the biggest one that many funeral homes make as well. Hopkins stresses that this chapter is the most important chapter in the book. Chapter 3. Offer Service At first you may not think that this chapter applies to funeral homes, but it does parallel with what we do. First he starts out by warning not to shout out, Buy my stuff! Which means to us, Choose my funeral home! Instead, he says to offer wanted information, and that information should be supported with advantages for the prospects. So how does this apply to funeral service? 
Well, unless people want a cremation-only service, they're going to have some form of service. So offer something useful. And I'm not saying just offering your planning guide, but offer a free in-person planning session. Not to talk about the business side of things, but about creating a meaningful service. Funeral homes are always worried about getting the signed contract. And you have to give them what they want first, a meaningful service. And if you're good at that, and I know that you are, you'll get the signed contract because it will fall into place right after. And don't worry, not everyone is going to be wanting a free planning session. But it shows that you are willing to give them information that they want. And it's not just prices that they want. They want information. Chapter 4. Mail Order Advertising. What it teaches. This chapter is great because it can change how you think about all of your advertising, especially about your direct mail. The subject is mail order. Both words are equally important. Mail, because it is the marketing channel that is used, and order, because it is the goal, and it is the only goal. It is not called mail branding or mail image building, or in the pre-need realm, mail surveys to trick them into pre-need leads. Mail order is pure direct response advertising, and albeit we are probably wouldn't attempt a pure mail order campaign to get people to prepay for their funerals, although it could probably work for cremation only or low-cost providers with the perfect ad, of course. But there are no better lessons for what makes ads work than mail order. Because if there is no sale, it is a failure. No higher pressure is ever applied than that of a mail order ad. So listen carefully and learn the principles in this chapter. The quote from John Wanamaker, Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. The trouble is, I don't know which half, is blown out of the water when talking about scientific advertising and mail order, as those ad men and women know exactly what works and what doesn't. And you should have the same attitude when it comes to your marketing. Every marketer should be held to Hopkins' quote about mail order marketers. Here he is taught about efficiency and economy under a master who cannot be fooled. Hopkins really starts to dive into the importance of testing and how repeated testing can really drive down your costs by continually making your advertising more effective. Hopkins gets you to think about every part of your ad. So, for instance, in the typical funeral home ad, with a picture, or worse, a line drawing of the funeral home building, Hopkins would challenge you to only use that picture if you couldn't use the same footprint with words to convey more of your story or of your offer. So, if that picture actually isn't worth a thousand words, then use the words. Plus, he lets you know that white space doesn't sell anything, and that the more you tell, the more you sell. And one last piece of sage advice that Hopkins leaves in this chapter is that once you get an ad that works, keep using it. Don't get bored and say, let's change things up. Since you have an ad that's working, the only changes would be to improve it. And since you're tracking those ads, you'll now know if those improvements worked or not. And your goal will be to become like Mr. Mead from The Cycle Company, that Hopkins says that Mead wouldn't take $10,000 which was a lot of money back in 1915, that he wouldn't take $10,000 to change one word in his ads. I could go on, but I would urge you to really pay attention to this chapter. It will change the way you look at your ads forever.